Hey GP learners, in this episode I'm joined by Dr. Helen Gar and we're going to talk to you about well-being. It's tech enhanced your primary care and learning. This is the first time we're meeting, I'm Dr. Gandalf, VGP Learning, and I'm supporting you with technology-enhanced primary care and learning. And in this episode, and in this amazing location, I'm joined by Dr. Helen Gar, the well-being GP, to talk about your well-being. This episode is being sponsored by the GP Task Force over in Derbyshire, so thank you to them. And we're here to talk to you, like I said, about well-being. How are we doing, Helen? Hi, good. Good to be here today. Thank you for having me. I know. And guys, look at this amazing day. (laughs) Bearing in mind this is October. Yeah, this is where Helen works as well, so it's an amazing location. Um, so, well-being is kind of a big thing at the moment, isn't it? Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people always ask, how can I look after myself in order to potentially look after my patients better, but also look after generally everything else? I thought I'd come and speak to you, because you're clearly the expert. Absolutely, and it's that old adage, isn't it? You need to put your own oxygen mask on first before you see to others. So actually, how can we look after patients and give good patient care mm-hmm. if we're not looking after ourselves first? So a bit of a buzzword, well-being at the moment, but actually it's really, really important, well-being, self-care, taking the time to look after ourselves in order to be able to enjoy our jobs as we burn out and provide really good patient care and be the best GPs that we can be. Definitely. And I guess, um, so you've been doing some work as the Wellbeing GP, and I think that's how people can find you on places like Facebook and your website and stuff, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. So um, all of the social media platforms at the Wellbeing GP, or my website is thewellbeinggp.co.uk, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Cool. Find me there. And in terms of your day job and stuff, is there other kind of things that you tend to do around that? Absolutely. So I've got a really busy portfolio career, which actually is really important to help me enjoy my work and to be flexible and be able to see my kids and my family and do all the things outside work that I enjoy. So I work here at Nottingham University, so in this beautiful surroundings and I've dragged us outside to have our podcast outside and that's something I'll talk about later is getting outside in nature. Mm -hmm. So I work here, we are the biggest healthcare centre over two premises in the country. We see over 55,000 patients in our practice. I'm also the clinical lead for the GP Health Service. So if anybody hasn't heard of that, it's really important that you know this exists. We've just changed our name to NHS Practitioner Health, and we are a national free confidential service for doctors with mental health problems, and we are open to every single doctor and dentist of any grade and any speciality in England. And every single doctor who could benefit from our support can self-refer into our service and okay. you can find us on just google gp health service or nhs practitioner health and all the information is there so i guess if somebody was thinking of accessing that service what kind of thing could they expect to receive because people okay. are sometimes apprehensive about these absolutely things, aren't they? and the biggest thing we know that people are worried about is confidentiality so it is a completely confidential service claire gerardo our medical director has famously said her husband could be in the service and she wouldn't know about him so if people access the service they can ring or they can email they'll have an initial confidential brief telephone call with one of our advisors and then you get access to an app so we love tech at gp health you get access to an app and in that app which is highly confidential you can pick any clinician across england there's 
tons of us across England to pick from. You don't have to see somebody in your local area if you know them or you want to go out of area. You go on the app, you pick the clinician you want to see. They can see you by FaceTime, Skype, telephone, face-to-face, whatever suits you at a time and a place that suits you. You then have got that clinician to support you through whatever you're going through at that time. We can also, if appropriate, provide access to talking therapies, to inpatient detox. We've got a whole team of specialist advisors who can support and help. Um, it's just an absolutely fantastic service. We've got a brilliant success rate. The majority of doctors who come into our service get better and if they're out of work, get back into work. We have a memorandum of understanding with the GMC because people are really, really worried about having to tell the GMC about things that are going on. Mm-hmm. So you can be really reassured that that confidentiality and that support is there if you come into our service. So it sounds like that if you were to access that service, if you were struggling, that puts you in a much better state with potentially GMC than if you didn't? Absolutely. So, the, you know, it's, it's part of being a good medical doctor that you recognise if things aren't going well and you recognise if you're unwell mm-hmm. and you seek help. And we work with the GMC. The GMC support our service 100% and they know if you're with us, you're getting the help and support that you need. Awesome. So I guess we talked about the national kind of availability of things for us. Is there something, I guess, a little bit more local to us over in East Midlands and Derbyshire yeah, and stuff? absolutely. We're really lucky in East Midlands. There's some brilliant wellbeing support services out there. The Nottingshire LMC, we've got our wellbeing section on our website. So everything that there is to know about wellbeing, every mm. single resource, podcast, TED Talks, online CBT workbooks, financial support for doctors, everything is on there. Just Google Nottinghamshire LMC Wellbeing. You'll find that there. And the other great service that we've got um, in the Midlands is the GPS mentoring service. And that's free and confidential coaching and mentoring available to GP trainees who've got a CCT and GPs working in Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire. And I guess with that service, I'm completely confidential and all that kind of stuff as well because obviously if we're dealing with a smaller area more chance you might come across somebody you know absolutely and again you will be able to if you are offered a mentor that's perhaps somebody you know or have a conflict of interest with you would be able to pick somebody else so you have an initial assessment with a highly trained Mm -hmm. GP who will fit you with the right person for you to have your coaching and again confidentiality completely guaranteed with that service and absolutely fantastic service if you're working in the corporate sector in a leadership role which we all are as GPs you would be expected to have coaching and mentoring so coaching and mentoring isn't for failing GPs it's for GPs who want to develop personally and professionally and Mm -hmm. I try and have coaching every every other year really it's so important for personal and professional development and it's free to all GPs in our area so I really encourage people to take that up Definitely agree with that. And as many of our EGP learners will know, I've been a clinical director for the past few months. You know, there's tons of resources being put into clinical directors to try and help them with the whole leadership and keeping sane, if I'm yeah, being honest. Um, and it's, you know, there are similar services for those who, are, who aren't clinical directors as well. And we're really lucky in these Midlands to have these kind of things. Um, as usual, all the links to those services will be in the show notes. So if you want to check those out, feel free or obviously Google. Pretty awesome at finding things as usual. Fantastic. And so I guess that talks about when people, I think, struggling a little bit more, Helen. I guess, you know, if you're at that earlier stage where you think, I just need to change things up a little bit, you know, try and look after myself a little bit better. I guess 
any kind of things that you can suggest or, yeah. or process or yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. So I think particularly when you're going from being a trainee to the first few years as a GP, they can be really difficult years. You suddenly don't have necessarily have that safety net mm-hmm. of having your debriefs after surgery. And it can be really quite pressured and you can feel quite alone sometimes. So we often say, don't we, get some exercise, eat well, sleep well, get a hobby. And actually, that can just be a bit mean, meaningless when mm. you're working 12, 13-hour days and you're exhausted. But actually, if you think about when things are going well and everything in your life is great, think about what you have in your life that keeps you feeling well and healthy and focused. And when I ask people what those things are, people say to me things like being active and exercising, mm-hmm. spending time with family and friends, eating well, so cooking good meals and using local seasonal produce, getting out and doing things that you enjoy, going to bed at a decent time, yeah. reading, hobbies, all of those kind of things. They're the things that keep us well. When work becomes overwhelming and we become stressed and bogged down with work, we stop doing all of those things. The first thing that goes is we stop sleeping well. We stop eating well. We start eating chocolates at lunch at our desk rather than having a proper meal. We don't go out for a walk at lunchtime. We'll start to, you know, perhaps do our admin over lunch. We don't take a break. We start cancelling with our friends and our social engagements because we're too tired after work. We don't have time for our family because all we're thinking about is work or we're so exhausted when we get home. So the very things that we realise that we need to do to stay well are the first things we stop doing Mm -hmm. when work gets on top of us, when actually they're the things we should keep doing. So what I would say to people is work out what what you've got in your life when things are going well Mm -hmm. and notice when they start to drift away. And that's your first warning sign that you need to pull these things back into your life. Definitely agree with that. I mean, I'd love to ask our EGP ones to give us a shout if you've got an emergency chocolate drawer in your room. (laughs) Definitely there. Although mine's full of dark chocolate. That's my good kind of way of trying to deal with it. Um, And, and, you know, sometimes you may see this in your colleagues as well. It's not just yourself that, you know, they've become a little bit more withdrawn, not coming to events that they may normally do, that kind of stuff. Definitely worth keeping an eye out. And just sometimes asking that question, you know, everything all right? You know, just to... Absolutely. You know, connecting with your colleagues. So... One of the things I wanted to talk about was the five ways to well-being. Loads and loads of evidence about if we do something in each of the five ways to well-being, which I'll outline in a second, if we do something from each of those ways at work and at home, we have better quality of life, we enjoy our jobs more, we're happier, we're less stressed, we get less ill, we sleep better. And the first, possibly the most important out of those five ways is connecting with others. So the five ways to well-being are connecting with others, learning new things and not necessarily clinical things, being active, and that doesn't mean going to the gym, being mindful and taking notice, and giving. So random acts of kindness, doing things for other people with the expectation of nothing in return. So the first one, connecting with others, is probably the most important as a GP. It's very, very easy to get isolated as a GP and lock ourselves in our rooms, stop going to meetings, um, working all the time. So one of the things that the corporate sector ask their employees when they look at employee Mm -hmm. engagement is, do you have a friend at work? Okay. So that's really, really important. Who's your friend at work? Who can you go to? Do you know everybody's names at work? Do you know everybody's husband's names, everybody's children's names? 
do you know what they did at the weekend? Do you know what they enjoy? Yeah. Connecting with others, really, really important. So who are your people? Who can you go to? Do you meet with the people that you work with? Because when you're having that difficult clinical question or you're starting to burn out, meeting with those colleagues mm. are the things that's going to keep you sane. Definitely. Yeah. I know recently in, in my practice, we've had, for example, we had a, a simple social at one of the partners' houses, yeah. a bit of a dinner, Brilliant. you know, nothing fancy. It was just, yeah. you know, good food, good times and that kind yeah. of stuff. And my current project, and you're welcome to steal this one, guys. I'm starting a board game club at our practice. Fantastic. So as many of you know, I love my board games and stuff, but quick, simple, little thing, lunchtime, yeah. anyone can play a few games that work really well for that kind of situation. Um, and, and actually hoping that, that just builds that bit of, community yeah. that bit of you know engagement yeah. and to be fair something fun to break up the day yeah. you know so and also you're learning something new so when we yeah. learn new things we create new neural pathways in our brain mm. that overcome those hardwired pathways of negativity yeah. so you're covering two of the ways to well-being mm. with that that very um activity and there's loads of ways to do it it doesn't have to be board games so here at crips we'll send a screen message around and say going for a quick walk anybody want to come it only has to be five ten minutes mm-hmm. so meeting for coffee having a set time where everybody really commits to getting to coffee and in fact that's on my pdp for my appraisal for next year is to get to the afternoon coffee break every single day for 10 minutes so i get to yeah. connect with my colleagues and I think you mentioned also with the learning aspect, it's important to remember that can easily link with other things like your appraisal, you know, Absolutely. and as you mentioned, it doesn't have to be clinical stuff no. uh, and quick ways of doing that podcasts. Yeah. Hi guys, if you're listening to one right now or watching us on, on the, on the blog and stuff, um, or, you know, anything you want to do. So, so one of mine was, um, you know, how to do social media a little bit better so I can work on this side of things. And that works. That That's my appraisal PDP and, and that was fine by my appraisal. And, and, you know, two birds, one stone, why not? And with the new soft reboot, yeah. appraisers are really open to this personal development stuff. So I often hear people telling me about audiobooks. So listen to audiobooks on the commute to work. There's some fantastic books out there, personal development books. There's some really great novels that have a medical slant that you can put in your appraisal. And real big top tip, if you join your local library, you can get audiobooks for free without the monthly subscription for £10. Awesome. But if you wanted other kind of things, again, we'll put some show notes for some links in, in down below so you guys can have a look at those including an amazing book which i'm a big fan of so this is gonna hurt by um adam k adam k that was it i was yeah. gonna say a different name apologies yeah. adam, adam um, but definitely worthwhile read and again two years ago that was in my pdp that was in my appraisal perfectly legit yes yeah some fantastic books and i know rachel morris is going to come on soon and do the resilience talk mm. she has a great list of books that you might be able to get awesome. her to talk about to recommend so we talked about connecting we talked yeah. about learning new stuff next yeah. up was so next up is physical activity and i said earlier that doesn't mean gym so <laughs> when we say exercise you hear a collective inward groan and people hear gym they hear money they hear time what we know is oh, you only need to be active for one minute at a time to have health benefits and benefits with our well-being and our focus so being active in our day so this thing called exercise snacking so little bursts of activity can be really really effective for making us feel less like a slug at the Mm. end of the day improving our focus and improving our well-being 
if you can be active outside, that's even better. So we make serotonin when we're active, but we also make serotonin from the, sun, the sunshine. So being outside in green spaces in the daylight is really, really beneficial. Mm. Now I hear doctors say I can't even manage to get to the toilet in my working day, never mind getting yeah. outside. So that can be a big barrier, but actually, if you just set your alarm on your phone or on your watch for five minutes, Leave your surgery, walk as fast as you can outside, five minutes, turn around, walk as fast as you can back. That's 10 minutes out of your day where you've had some physical activity, you've got some daylight, you've made some serotonin. Mm. If we can't fit a 10 minute break in our day as doctors, we need to leave and go and work in Asda. We can all yeah. find 10 minutes. There's nothing that can't wait for sure. 10 minutes. And that would be my biggest top tip be active and get outside whenever you can and actually in between um patients it's really easy so mm. lots of doctors tell me they do 10 star jumps in between mm. each patient or 10 squats or you can do desk workouts so push push-ups on your desk so body out behind you leaning on the desk 10 in between every patient before you do it you know it, you've had a workout all day definitely yeah. and another great tip that you know we're both massive fans of um, standing desks oh, in your practice absolutely. and stuff you know keeping yourself active and mobile yeah. you know standing desks yes, constantly not ideal maybe there's some evidence to show that standing all day long is not good as well it's the yeah. change of sitting it's to standing moving around Definitely. yeah so um, i have a standing desk yeah. and it's genuinely changed my life it cost me 80 quid on amazon and i claimed the tax back through hmrc um you're absolutely right the constantly standing isn't so good so moving around as we stand or squat as we stand there was a study done that showed standing for three hours a day is the equivalent of running 10 marathons a year and we also know that for sitting for long periods of time which we're really really bad at as doctors can shave years off your life expectancy so we think if you sit for around three hours a day you shave two years off your life expectancy so trying to work out how to integrate moving in your consultation so standing desks fantastic 10 star jumps in between each patient, calling your patient in rather than pressing the call buzzer, all these small, tiny changes that can have massive benefits Definitely. on our well-being and our focus and our enjoyment of work. Definitely. My personal tip, um, so my um, clinic room is about a 40 second walk from the waiting area, so I don't go and collect my patients because I lose time doing that. What I have started doing though, is the moment that I hit the call button, I have to do burpees before they get to my door. <laughs> So I've got to three, that's my, yeah, and I'm hoping gradually they get better. So you've set yourself some goals. Yeah. And I hear that a lot of doctors saying, I can't call the patients in because I lose time. And actually, when you first start doing it, it does feel, oh gosh, I'm losing a minute. How can I possibly make that minute up? But actually, I find that watching that patient walk to my room is so beneficial. I get so much information from watching the patient walk to my clinic room before they've even spoken. So that sick child that's been booked in with a fever mm. that mum's really worried about, I know before they even get through my door if I'm admitting them to hospital or not. So you can get so much information from just watching Definitely. somebody walk to your clinic room. So it feels really stressful losing that time, but actually you make up so much mm. in the information that you gain watching your patient. So we're doing connecting, learning and activity. Yep. What's next? So what next is being mindful and taking notice. So that's okay. the next thing in our five ways to well-being. And this is probably the easiest one to integrate into your workday. So many of us tell patients to go and practice mindfulness, but actually when I ask doctors, well, what is mindfulness? Mm -hmm. Many doctors don't actually know. It's just another one of those buzzwords that we're telling patients to go and do. Mindfulness is simply 
being present and taking notice of what's going on around us. So what we're thinking, what we're feeling, Mm -hmm. what the air temperature feels like. So how many times have you driven to work and you've not remembered the journey or you've eaten a meal and you've not tasted a single mouthful? That's mindlessness. We want to focus on mindfulness. So being present. It's a skill. And it's a skill that's easily learned with regular practice. So something as easy as just picking something you do every day, like eating your breakfast or cleaning your teeth and doing that mindfully every day for a couple of weeks helps train your brain to learn to take notice. So if you're cleaning your teeth, feel the toothbrush. How does it feel? You listen to the water. You feel how the the toothpaste feels in your mouth. You feel the taste. You feel the temperature. How do the bristles feel? How are you feeling? Are you tired? Are you ready to go? And that takes a couple of minutes out of your day. So that's a really easy practice. Now, ways you can integrate mindfulness into the working day, there's some fantastic apps. So Calm is a brilliant app. And actually, Calm is free for every healthcare professional for a year so w we'll put this link at the end but www.com.com forward slash health stick that into google brings up a form and they'll send you a code to get calm free for a year now calm has a mindful meditation in there called emergency calm it's three minutes long and it's an absolutely fantastic one to do with patients so if your patients come into you distressed mm-hmm. or you're talking about mindfulness it's a really great opportunity to say do you want to give it a go right now? It's three minutes. It makes such a difference. It changes the energy in the mm-hmm. consultation. And you get to do three minutes of mindfulness and your patient gets to do three minutes of mindfulness. And doing that throughout your day means by the end of the day, you've done loads of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. There's corporations like Google, Nike, um, big, big corporations, all integrating mindfulness into their working day. So lots of these big businesses are doing a minute of mindfulness before they start meetings. People rushing into the meetings, they're bringing their work with them, bringing their prescriptions, they're thinking about the morning they've just had, they're thinking about all the work they've got to do and they're not really present in the meeting. Mm. One minute of mindfulness, and you can get this from all the apps and play it in your meetings for a minute, just brings everyone present, brings everyone into the room and you have everybody's full focus. You can download some mindful practices from the Nottinghamshire LNC Wellbeing website. So things like mindful hand washing, waiting for the kettle to boil. You can print these off and you can stick them on the walls in your workplace and everyone can do a one minute mindful practice while they're washing their hands or mm-hmm. while they're filling their water bottle and they're all there for people to download. Definitely agree with that. We've actually got that mindful minute hand washing laminated in all of our rooms, especially CQC, that's why it's laminated. <laughs> um, but it's there and it's there to help practitioners. Yep, you mentioned Calm as well. So yep. interesting thing about Calm, they also allow you to subscribe the app to patients they and they do. get it for a month they free. Do. Yep. Um, and I'm also a big fan of Headspace. So yes. Calm and Headspace is like Google and Apple kind of thing. But um, the reason why I like Headspace is because it's got nice, funny animations, whereas Calm is a bit more relaxing yeah. with the whole yes. anima- you know, animations and that kind of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Horses for courses, as I say. There's so many out there. And Budify is another favourite one of mine. Definitely. Budify's Mindfulness on the Go is $4.99. There's loads of free ones. Smiling Mind is the New Zealand Mindfulness Specifically designed for kids as well, actually, Smiling Minds. Oh, right, so I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's actually more generated for the younger audience and stuff. Okay, I didn't know that. Lots of adults love Smiling Mind, and Smiling Mind's got a really great one minute 
um, mindfulness that you can do. So we know that doctors who practice mindfulness are happier, they sleep better, but really most importantly, they get better patient satisfaction scores. So we also know that when we practice mindfulness, there's changes that happen in our brain. So people who do regular mindfulness, their amygdala is smaller, and the amygdala is the bit in the brain that we use is the fight or flight. So people who are under stress a lot have big amygdalas because it's grown because it's under a lot of stress and it's being used a lot. People who practice mindfulness regularly experience much less stress, they're much calmer, and they have smaller amygdalas. We also see growth in the hippocampus, which is the area associated with memory and learning. So you're much better at remembering things if you practice mindfulness, which can only be a good thing as a doctor. Cool. So what's the last of the five? So the last of the five is giving. Random acts of kindness. Doing things for other people with the expectation of nothing in return makes us feel good, gives us a dopamine release. And you can do this at work really, really easily. So the one that I like the best is I find out who the duty doctor is, I take them a cup of tea, I leave a chocolate bar on their desk, um, I leave people notes to say you're doing an absolutely great job, open doors for people, buy somebody a bunch of daffodils, all sorts of things you can do. If I'm in a car park, I'll sometimes pay for their car park ticket for the person behind me. I'll sometimes buy a coffee for somebody who I don't even know. In, if I'm in Starbucks or a coffee shop, pay it forward. And people are re- really, really quite surprised when you do this. Mm-hmm. And it makes somebody's day. Tell somebody they look brilliant. To tell a stranger. Talk to people you don't have to talk to throughout your daily lives. And do these nice things for other people. Mm-hmm. Makes you feel good makes them feel good and I absolutely guarantee you make a huge difference to somebody else's yeah. day and like you said it doesn't have to be something that costs money no. at all there's lots of little no. things you can do you know the giving the tea to a colleague you yeah. know just sometimes that can make it amazing yeah um, glass of water even you absolutely. know we're all really bad at hydrating ourselves yes. when we're at work yeah. in particular you know making sure you're hydrated yeah. is also one of those things that can really help you keep functioning yeah. on a absolutely. daily basis and absolutely and just kindness per se I think we often forget to be kind in medicine we're so mm. busy Patients can be draining, we can feel that all we do is give and actually we stop being kind in order to protect ourselves and being kind is fundamental to being happy and enjoying our job and I think that's a fundamental thing that we often forget to do is be kind to each other. Cool. So guys, we've covered everything there. Just to summarise, what were those five things again for us? So the five things are connecting with others, make a friend at work, talk to people you don't have to learning new things so board games at work taking a new route to work cook a new recipe learn a new hobby being active so think about exercise snacking one minute movement in your day get your colleagues out for a walk get outside whenever you can burpees in between patients be mindful and taking notice so taking time to stop and appreciate what's going on around us mindful consultations really listening to your patients can make a huge difference we've talked about the apps that can help us learn how to be mindful and the last one is giving random acts of kindness doing things for other people with the expectation of nothing in return cool thank you for that helen i hope everyone's found that episode really useful and effective i think we've got tons of resources for you guys to have a look at and as always they will be in the show notes so you guys can get them quick and easy and any questions i'm sure i'm happy to answer yours sure Helen will be able to have to do so and that's at the wellbeing GP at the wellbeing GP Instagram Twitter Facebook definitely so we're both on social media maybe sometimes a little bit more than we should but that's also (laughs) about about being well-being both positive and negatively as well 
Um, I'd like to thank the GP Task Force again for sponsoring this episode. As always, guys, if you're based in the East Midlands, particularly in the Derbyshire area, they're more than happy to try and help and support you working your you know, daily job and stuff. And we'll put their website as well on links and stuff. And we're here to try and help you. And as always here, trying to help save you and your patient's time by taking enhancing your primary care and learning. Catch you in the next episode.